Hello and welcome to Download Time, episode 32. My name's Robert Bless, and with me is the most interesting man in the world, Joel Young. What's up, No Low Time? What's up? Good to be with you again here. Yeah, how'd you doing, Joel? I haven't talked to you since pretty much last week, man. What's going on? Yeah, man. Uh, life's going good. Just pretty busy uh, time, which, you know, you think after the holidays, you know, things just kind of getting back into the swing of stuff. Just been busy all around. Um, so, you know, just just uh, didn't get to do anything too interesting over this weekend. Uh, I did, aside from uh, rewatching Flashpoint Paradox, which I think I've mentioned before on the the podcast that that animated feature. Um, it's really really good. Uh, it, it's based off the new Fifty Two um, Flashpoint um, storyline that they had done. Um, so the animated features was really good. So I just said, you know, I've seen this like maybe four times. I'm gonna watch it again just because. And uh, so it shows you guys I'm not just a a Marvel fanboy. I like DC too, um, but you know I, I really enjoy their animated stuff. So that was something I guess like a something that might be interesting for our fans. If you guys haven't seen it, I do recommend you check it out. It's a really strong Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah, I think movie. I think most of those DC, most of those DC animated uh, features have been pretty good for the most part. I think I would say ninety five percent of them have been pretty solid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's always a hit and miss here and there, but for the most part, they're pretty enjoyable too. Yeah, I have a I have a few floating around. I just haven't gotten around to watch them, but I do have uh, Flashpoint and the two Dar- uh, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, yeah, uh, the, yeah, those two are really good. Um, though I I own the, those two, but um, the one uh, that, that I also recommend, I think it's like a sometimes gets you know not not recognized is Justice League War. Um, that one was really good. Um, so I, I remember watching that just before I saw the Justice League movie because I was like, why not? Um, but Justice League War is a really good one, Dark Side, and has all the Justice League members in it, and it's really good. Cool. But what'd you, what'd you do, man? Uh, not much. Um, I, I hurt my back again. So <laughs> you guys uh, don't want to hear about that. So I'm a little loopy with the pain drugs right now. Uh, but it was pretty bad. Uh, but uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit better today. Um, uh, my throat's not doing great because of uh, the weather changes. But other than that, uh, doing all right. Um, Joel, I've got to spend a few hours. I want to say around six hours with um, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition, um, which is basically the update that for Street Fighter Five that came out last week. So I was able to download everything beforehand. Um, had purchased season two. I only briefly touched it and, and played a couple of the characters. Um, so now I'm actually going back and, and playing this. And and Joel, let me tell you, man, they fixed it. Like, oh, great! They, it's it's a phenomenal game now. I mean, it was good before if you were into the competitive side of Street Fighter, but now now it's a now it's a complete package now. The arcade modes that it has are—it's very robust. Uh, they do offer, you know, uh, it's five different arcade modes for um, actually six different arcade modes. Um, so they—they they, basically what they did is they split the cast on on all generations of Street Fighter. Taking aside Street Fighter Five, when you go when you play arcade mode proper. For Street Fighter V, you have all your Street Fighter V characters, basically the entire roster. 
if you go back and play what you what you get is you get a, you, you get the actual feature for our Street Fighter 5 arcade mode but then you have different arcade modes for all the other Street Fighter games so you get an arcade mode for the original Street Fighter 2 Alpha 3 and 4 and what it does is that it filters out the roster on to characters that are more pertaining to that story uh, that's that, that timeline for where those those games take place and and it gives you anywhere from 6 to 11 matches depending on which one you're playing so it's very good and i was surprised to see that they went back and they redraw all the and it's basically a snippet it's a screenshot uh, but udon comics went back and and they redid all the endings like all the endings for street fighter 2 for all those characters are redrawn by the guys over at Udon, and same with the Street Fighter Three um, endings. Um, I played one of the Alpha. Uh, I, I played each one. I can't remember the one for Alpha. I don't remember which which character I use. I think I use Sakura, and then um, and then it gives you basically Sakura's ending for Street Fighter Alpha Two, but redrawn on Udon uh, comic style. So it was pretty. Pretty awesome, man. It was it was a good time. I played it a lot. I went online, Joe. I went back online. I couldn't resist. Yeah, I think I saw some posts from you on social media that you were uh, you were back on there challenging some dudes. Yeah. So, well, it has. I did the uh, two challenges that I had available. I did the Shinakuma challenge, and then it had a, a Rashid challenge that goes for a a, a beautiful Joe costume for Rashid. The one that everyone was talking about was the Shinakuma um, challenge because everyone was saying that it was really hard, and I I actually got it, or I did it on my second try. Wow! So it, wasn't, it wasn't that that hard. It's just you need to you need to figure out what the heck is doing, and then and then you'll you'll get you'll get used to used used to it pretty quick. And he does a lot of damage, so that's the only problem. Um, but I went online. I actually played just one set. Uh, I lost the first the first set. I was like, man, I'm not really feeling confident about this, but I have a better ground game than this dude, so let's do a rematch. So I won the other two rematches, so I won the entire set. And I was like, all right, that, that's that's good for me. I'm happy. I felt the adrenaline going back. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it off for now, and I'll I'll definitely go back because the changes that they're made they they Capcom actually made on the game. Are, are phenomenal. I think this game is now the complete package for Street Fighter fans and casual players because it now it has everything available for you, especially if you buy the, the physical version for $39.99 and you get Season 1 and 2. You don't, you don't get Season 3, but you still have over you know 20-some characters that are available for you if you if you do the physical version, so highly recommend it if you're into fighting games. Um, I, I didn't see any graphical differences. Like they they touched up graphics here and there, but um, nothing nothing super super crazy. Still doesn't support HDR. Um, it still doesn't support PS4 Pro uh, graphics wise, but it still looks very good. I mean, it's still a very sharp looking game, and uh, I like it. I mean, it's I, I liked it from back when I was in it it's just that i fell off really hard after a few months but now now that i have a reason to go back and and actually see those endings and go back online I, i'm really enjoying the 
Ken's new V trigger. They added the Chin, uh, the Chin Ryuken again. On V trigger doesn't do a lot of damage, but it's it's really flashy and it's cool to see. So I like it. I, I like the changes. I'm I'm approved. So uh, if you guys want to get into it, now it's the time because there's a lot of players. I'm, I mean, I got them to a match right away. Nice, it nice. Good. It's good to hear that you're back, Obed. You, uh, it's been a while, and you got yeah. back in, and you know you might have lost your first match, but the two following, you, you, uh, you won. So I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm ha- <laughs> the. It's funny because my the title that I use, and I've forgotten that this is the title that I picked for myself. It's, it's uh, the title is it, uh, it's a little, a little bit rusty. So that's my title, and it's like it's yeah, it's that's me. I, I'm not a little bit. I'm super rusty right now, but man, once I plug in my fight stick and and I was able to jump in, and I was like, all right, my combos kind of still works, and just adding some of the new uh, the new you know features and new balancing that they did uh, really you know gave this game a second life. So I'm really happy with the changes. Fantastic, man. That that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be short lived because Friday, tomorrow, man, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that gonna get that knock on the door from the UPS guy, and and there goes my weekend. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see how that game is. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, reviews out there are very very positive. Uh, also, Monster Hunter reviews are are incredible. I don't know if you saw any. I have. Yeah, like nine point five from IGN. A couple of perfect scores. A couple of five out of fives. So, either either way you go with that with Monster Hunter or or Dragon Ball Fighter C, man, that's not that's not going to be an easy decision to make. If you can't do both, yeah, go ahead. But if you had a pick, it's it's rough because they're they're both great games. Nice, nice. Yeah, but the pockets might be hurting for some gamers, but it's good stuff. We need that. We need that competition in the market. It's a good thing that you have two good games coming out at a time. We need that consistently. Yeah, yeah, and and that looks like it's going to be 2018. Uh, you know, pretty much across the board. There's there's pretty much a, a big release every month. Um, I know that things are going to shuffle a little bit with, uh, and I didn't put it on my topics today, but Joe, but um, Anthem got delayed till 2019, TBD mm. date in 2019. So EA and BioWare are very cautious especially bioware they said that it's like if this game doesn't make it pretty much bioware it's done so they're wow. playing it very cautious um and and they, they just announced it um that the game got delayed from fall 2018 to tbd 2019 so, wow. so we'll see see where that goes um but joel uh just moving right along man uh just a quick uh a quick leak that got out this afternoon um uh, what's up with captain marvel um, so, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to say it's a spoiler because it's the internet, right? Like it's, it's bound to come out there, but you know, I've been on the record of saying that I truly believe Captain Marvel is going to be in Avengers four. And yes, it's been confirmed that she's in the movie. She was spotted on set yesterday. And then today, officially uh, an image leaked out of her in the Captain Marvel costume with say her saying Brie Larson, uh, the actress playing Captain Marvel. And so she, um, her her in the full costume is leaked. Obviously, it's not the, the way Disney or Marvel would like it to come out because you know they want to have the nice polished, you know, proper way of introducing 
um, you know, how the character is going to look and who they are and what have you. And, and it wasn't, she wasn't announced to be in the movie. It was just speculated by people like myself. Um, but yeah, so her, her cause came out. I think the thing that a lot of people are having trouble with is they're saying like, well, you know, she, her, her costume is essentially very green from the pictures, at least that, that we see, um, you know, people are saying, obviously Captain Marvel, you know, the, at least the newer version, you know, she has this, you know, shorter, uh, blonde haircut, and then she's got the red and blue, um, you know, with the gloves or whatever. This Captain Marvel doesn't have any of that, doesn't have any of those colors. Her hair cut is, you know, kind of like shoulder length, kind of like a Black Widow-ish, like how she's had it. I mean, a little bit longer. Um, but, um, yeah, like, the, the, the insignia is the exact same as, as Captain Marvel. Uh, I think this is the thing that some fans need to, to wait is, like, let's wait for an official thing to come out. There's still time that she'll wear her traditional costume, and I would prefer for that to be in her solo movie, which is probably where we'll get it if they're not going to do it in Avengers. She's has a, a different costume maybe in this movie. Uh, and another thing, too, is that I, I, it's possible the reason we have this greener color look is that it's paying homage to the ori original Marvel, uh, who is the alien who actually um, she gets you know, her powers from, long story short, um, that, that she works with. So it's possible that, you know, maybe, you know, she has that green costume because Marvel had wore primarily green. Um, so it's, I think there's, there's enough time and wait it out. I, I don't think it's time to pick up your pitchforks if you're really a traditionalist by any means. And you look at the Marvel movies as they are today, they're, they're definitely um, respect tradition, but they also are their own creations. And I think they've done successful so far. So let's give it some time, you know? Yeah, I saw it, and I I don't take any issue with uh, the costume design itself, and and her haircut, all that's fine. Um, but the colors kind of did. It's like, wait, this is a little bit off, and and it, I'm not super familiar with Captain Marvel, but I, I I you know I know I know the character, and I know that uh, her other costumes are way more revealing than her current costume, and and this costume looks very. I don't want to use the word safe because that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, but it's it's one of those English is not my first language kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's very <laughs> basic is the wording I'd say. Uh, probably probably it is because it looks it looks more like like soldier gear more than than an actual superhero costume. Yep. Yeah. So so it looks very different. Um, I, I I mean I like the look. I'm, I'm still not a big fan of the color. Maybe by the color being used green, maybe that means that she's gonna have like changing colors on her costume. Yeah, you know? true, because because of special effects. Yeah, exactly. So so we don't know. This is like pictures that were taken off of like an iPhone or something, or <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so we never know what what what's the exact quality of the the color, and or maybe this pictures got leaked on purpose and they recolored it. You know, true. That's a that good point too. I mean, this, I don't think that's the case, but it's possible. I gotta say though, I, my first reaction to the color was like, "Oh, that's a little Power Ranger." Power Rangers a little bit, you know. But um, but no, I, I'm I'm really not concerned. Like I said if it is gonna be green, it's probably gonna be paying homage to the to the uh, to Marvel. Um, you know, the, the alien, a uh, Cree alien. Um, so it, it's possible for that reason, but but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Jolan, and, and in a bit of uh, of bizarre sort of news, what's up with this Paul George and PlayStation Nike shoes that are coming out? Okay, man, I didn't know this was coming at all, but um, Paul George shows up on the, the game over the last weekend. Um, they were playing against Cleveland, I believe, um, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it was so cool to see that he was rocking these uh, – the announcement of these new PlayStation PG twos, or I forget the name now, uh, these new Paul George sneakers, but they basically were PlayStation themed. They had the Paul George insignia on one, and on the other, the PlayStation insignia. And then not only was that with the insignia, but the shoes actually glowed too. Yeah, they light um, up. So they they light up. Uh, the batteries are not replaceable. So if you buy these very expensive shoes, do uh, note the fact that your battery could die off um, and then they won't glow anymore because you can't get them replaced according to the distributor. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting, really cool uh, thing to see that out there that uh, it's rocking some, some PlayStation shoes, man. I, I know we all love, we all love PlayStation and it's cool to, to see them being represented out there in, in the, in basketball sports yeah I, I like the the uh the uh, the the eyes for the uh, shoelaces are the colors of the buttons the playstation buttons yep uh and it has that stars purple stars design similar to a uniform of another team that i'm not going to mention but very similar to that color scheme um in, and i believe they're coming out with february 10th and they're 110 dollars, so they're not super super expensive but they're probably going to be hard to get. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And uh, Joe, we finally got a, a release date for God of War, man. April twentieth. Yeah, get hyped. So I think that's going to be the other my other big purchase this year. Going to be God of War right after. Uh, I'm going to buy. I mean, like I said, I'm going to get Dragon Ball, and I'm going to get Dissidia, and I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to. It's probably going to go in for God of War when it comes out. Um, because from what I've seen on that of that game, it just looks phenomenal. And I actually haven't watched the last trailer that came out when they announced the um, the release date. Oh, you haven't I, seen it? I haven't seen it because I don't want to get. I, I've seen enough. Oh, I was gonna I break heard, it down here on the show with you. No, man. I heard it's really good, and I was like, I heard it was so good. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna watch it. I'm just gonna say, man, that you know he. He's. Uh, it's interesting to see Kratos as this father figure. Like it, it's really, really fascinating, and like him having to hold the secret of like being a god. Like that's the part that I think that's going to be really cool. Like for his development of his relationship with his son in, in, in the in the game. But uh, I won't. I won't spoil any of the cool stuff in there. It's it's a cool trailer, and I know this game is going to be one of my big purchases. Like you just said, the same thing. Um, assuming Spider-Man this year as well, it's going to be a huge purchase of mine, but um, I'm really excited for this game, man. I know that with the pre-order, you get like these three special shields or whatever um, with it, so I might try and pre-order it uh, soon so yeah. I know it gets delivered to my door, and uh, yeah, I'll be playing God of War when that comes out on April 20th, which is not that far away. Not that far away, and they also announced the uh, Collector's Edition so that of course comes with a with a really nice, you know, set of goodies there, you know, statue and and some other stuff. Uh, so that looks pretty nice too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, 
um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big game, a big, big year for, for big games. And this is just the beginning. So this is the first big one we're going to get after this, man. I'm pretty sure that we're going to get a, a, a release date for Spider-Man at E3. Yeah. So it would make sense. Yeah. So like, I'm sure you heard about the email that was like floating around. Um, uh, the name of the company, forgive me. It's escaping me at the moment. That's putting this, this game out. Oh, Insomniac. Insomniac. So I guess like there was an email that, that went around where like they sent out to um to some of like the internal employees for like starting for the new years and like they were listing out what games were coming out for the year from them spider-man wasn't listed on there but i guess like at the end of the email it said something about like spider-man 2018 or something like that so like it's on the list it's just not saying what date they're probably waiting for that to be a grand reveal just like with god of war yeah, and I think they're playing it safe too because Sony, the the track record they've had. Um, normally, when they when they schedule a game for the fall, if their sales are are solid throughout the year, they they usually push it back at ninety days. That happened to Horizon. It happened to Infamous. It happened to um, this. This past uh, year now, um, there was another game that had the same thing where, where Sony is like, oh, yeah, this is going to be this the game for this year. But then they delay it and then and then it comes back. It comes out like later during the year. Uh, so yeah. Sony kind of does that. So uh, I'm interested to see if if PS4 as a platform continues to be selling well, they may postpone it or maybe they'll just release it, you know, on the fall. Because they haven't released a big fall game in a while, so this would be great. This would be a great opportunity for them to just come out with a great game right before the holidays, get people excited, bundle it with a pro, and and have people go crazy. I agree. Perfect opportunity. Uh, I, I think this is the year to put it out. If they have it, if they feel confident enough in the product, I think this is the year to put it out. There's no reason to delay for marketing purposes, so long as your product is ready. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, E3 is going to be interesting this year, man. Yeah, pretty exciting. One again, one of those things that I wish I had the opportunity to go to. So, um, anyone listening, you know, hook us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flight tickets, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Joel, there's a, a a bit of news from Square Enix. Um, th remember, this was not last year. I believe it was the year before. So this is going to be going to the second year. Um, Square Enix announced that they are working, or the guys that did the Tomb Raider games over at uh, Eidos Montreal, or or that Square Enix team, uh, was working on, on an Avengers game um, that was going to be uh, like an open world-ish adventure action, action adventure game uh, in the same vein of uh, Tomb Raider. So we finally got some news this week that the game has progressed significantly and they've added two uh pretty big guys um to their development team they are adding uh the person that was the uh, director for uh, uncharted the lost legacy uh just the name escapes me oh there we go uh sean eskig and uh and then stephen barry uh, who was with EA slash Visceral, and he left Visceral when when EA closed the studio. Yeah, R.I.P. Visceral. Um, 
so these two guys joined the Square Enix team to work on this Avengers project. I'm really excited. I mean, Stephen Barry, I believe he was uh, in charge of some of the uh, um, uh, artwork design, some of the designs. Uh, he actually worked on uh, Arkham Origins, uh, of course, Dead Space over Visceral and the first EA Battlefront. Um, but but Sean Eskick, man, Uncharted Lost Legacy was, was a damn good experience. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to that project. Yeah, I never played Uncharted Lost Legacy. I really should. Um, I've just been so busy, but everyone tells me I got to play that. But the names... Um, even if you don't know the names of these of these guys, of these individuals they brought on board, you know the name of the franchises that they're connected to, and I think that's enough of a positive and significant sign for us to say like we've got faith that you know what they're going to put out there is going to look good and it's going to have a strong story. Um, you know, with the success of Marvel at the moment, like when this announcement came out, it was no surprise. But I love to see how serious they're taking it; that they're making progress in the development of this game. We have no clue what to expect, and that's just the way I like it. I want them to surprise me. This announcement was a surprise. Now I want to be surprised with with what pro progress we hear about the direction they're taking this game. You know what storyline. You know it's it's it's. I just imagine it's going to be massive. Like it's going to be a lot to take in. It's probably going to be something that I'm going to spend significant amount of hours playing. Um. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, is there going to be multiplayer? Like, all these, there's so many different things that I fly through my mind when I'm thinking about the what ifs with this game. We could be here for a while just considering, you know, what it could be because we just don't know. But I'm very, very excited because of the names that you said um, yourself that, that are involved in this. You talk about, you know, the Uncharted and other games. Um, it's, it's just good news all around. Yeah, it's a, it's a great studio. I mean, they, they really, showed what they're capable of with both of those Tomb Raider games. Both of them were excellent. So just adding this type of talent to that team and into a Marvel project, that that's going to be, I think that's going to turn out really, really good. Um, it, that, I'm really curious to see what is it. I mean, based on, based on what I've heard, um, the playable characters are uh, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor. So having four playable playable characters on an uh, open world sort of action adventure game and you know featuring marvel characters i am sign me up uh, i'm really i'm really excited for that um but i really want to see something um it's been almost two years and we haven't seen absolutely anything so i'm i'm confident that this would be either a gdc um showing or or for sure, it's going to be D3 because they need to start putting this thing out there. Yeah. Well, whenever we get some type of a story reveal or trailer or what have you for this, that's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty amazing. We'll take our time to to really digest and see see what this fully means. Like you said, we don't know, but I mean, those four playable characters, if those are the characters, that's that's great. I mean, they can build off that with DLC. I'm sure, like in down the line throwing a Captain Marvel or something, but you know, for, for a game that, that sounds, sounds very intriguing to me. Yeah. I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with this. So uh, good luck to that team and we'll see where it goes. Um, Joe, big movie news. So Oscar nominations are out. 
and it's very interesting because most of the these movies are not your typical Oscar bait type of thing. So uh, you want to go through the list, or you want to talk about some highlights? Yeah, I just want to. You know, I think the thing is like the Oscars is something where um, most of the movies are like I the mainstream audience you know they've heard of the titles maybe they're not familiar with what these movies entirely are it's your fortune if you bump into someone who's seen one of the oscar nominated movies typically um because they're just they're not for the average movie going audience um they're they're you know they're they're select art and i, and I understand that and respect that. that's how it's been but this is an incredible year because i said before my movie of the year for 2017, the movie that really hit me hard was um, Logan. I thought that was the best superhero movie to come out last year. And I still feel that way today. So I was really hoping to see it get nominated, but I said to myself, "There's, it's probably not. Like I said, Wonder Woman's going to get something and Logan's probably not. I was wrong. Wonder Woman got no nominations, but Logan did, and it got for uh, adapted screenplay. It got um, yeah, a, a nomination for for the adapted screenplay. Perfect. It makes sense. I I I know there was a lot of people. The expectation was if it wasn't going to get nominated, it was going to be Patrick Stewart as supporting uh, supporting role as an actor. That would have been fine too. But I I could see why they did it. You know, I think it, you know it's it's it could have gone either way. And I understand it, it, they decide not to go with that. Sure, there's plenty of other actors on there. I'm sure that deserve that. Um, but to see that it actually is getting recognition as a movie that I feel very passionately about, and I can you know spend at length talking about the elements of this movie, uh, you know, I I'm happy to see it getting recognized. Now, the thing that's other, the other thing that's interesting is like usually with these movies, um, like they they get nominated for visual effects. Marvel did get in that. Guardians of the Galaxy two is nominated for visual effects that makes sense like if anyone's seen guardians of the galaxy volume 2 it's visually just great like you look at the percentage the percentage of like not real stuff and it's just green screen or you know just added in effects and most of the stuff these guys are working with is just you know some very small few props and you're not taken out of the movie for cgi a talking raccoon a talking raccoon you know like it's it, I, I hope it i hope it uh shakes it up and we maybe see an upset maybe it wins probably well probably war for the planet of the apes it's in the same category yeah um but yeah man that that's some of the main stuff i mean star wars got four nominations you know, I think it's I, I think that movie um, is better than most people give it credit for, but it mostly it's for for music, sound editing, you know, original, original score, um, uh, the visual effects as well. But but yeah, interesting stuff. That I, Pat, I'm not surprised that Patty Jenkins didn't get nominated. Um, I I think that would have been the only thing for Wonder Woman, maybe adapted screenplay, maybe. Um, but like, like Logan, but I think Patty Jenkins would have been as the director, like just for her solid execution, but I'm not up in arms over it. I think there's an argument for her to have been and for her not to have been. And, and I respect those who feel both ways. Yep. Um, I saw, and, and I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get grilled for this, right? <laughs> uh -oh. Flame shield up. So he, here's my take on, on 
um, the people that were really upset about Wonder Woman not getting a domination. So I, I heard a lot of people saying, it's like, oh, um, but Suicide Squad got a nomination or won for makeup or something or yeah, makeup. Design. makeup, right? Yeah. So it was like, Oh, and, and it got, it was like, well, if you, if you go back, if you sit down and you watch Wonder Woman, right. Uh, the, there's nothing makeup wise. That's, that's mind blowing. Everything is pretty standard with the exception of Dr. Poison. Everything else is very, very standard. The special effects are not fantastic. I mean, that last sequence, yep. that last battle sequence with Hades, yep. it's not great. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's it's not. I mean, it's it it doesn't even touch uh, what Guardians did. It looks a little bit like a video game, which is jumping around back and forth and then back to human again. If you watch it again, you'll recognize. Yeah, and then you can definitely see those flaws on, on when you watch the movie. Um, Adapts the screenplay. Possibly that could have been one, um, yeah. but but uh, but there's there were you know way better movies that did it way better than than Wonder Woman this year. Uh, director would have been the only one because, um, like you said, uh, Patty Jenkins really poured her soul into making this movie the best the best movie that she could make uh, for Wonder Woman, and uh, that that would have been one uh, that that she could have won, but um, for some reason. You know, she got snubbed, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people are upset about it. It's like, oh, it's, it's, I, when, when it comes to like costume design, costume design, maybe because yeah, when they, true. yeah, when uh, some of the costume design in the movie is pretty good. Um, again, it's not, it's not mind blowing, but, but it's, it's good. So that movie did everything good, but it didn't do it great. That's the thing. Like the movie's, a, it's a very good movie, and there's nothing being taken away from your experience. I think the movie's a must-watch, and it's great. But like you simply, like you breaking it down exactly the way you did, I can't argue that. Like from my personal opinion, it's like I, I think the only one I kept saying is like maybe adapted screenplay. Like that's you know maybe, but like I, the director was the only one that I said okay, if she's gonna if they gets in, it's gotta be director because of the the flawless like execution of taking a screenplay and then giving us a solid movie. There's plenty of movies that have great scripts and and the movies are, are trash. So it takes a good director to to bring it to the forefront, you know, the way she did. But like no, and this is no knock on Gal Gadot. Like I'm not. To come in down. I think you know, I wanted her to be Wonder Woman when she was on the short list. I think she's fine. But like she wasn't gonna win Best Actress or be nominated for that. No one was talking about that. She's very new to acting. She's gonna get better. I think if she got nominated, it'd be the same if Chris Helmsworth, who plays Thor. They play the characters, you envision them as the characters, you love the characters, they're doing great with the characters. But I think like it's nothing like maybe some of the other people who probably nominated who, you know, this is some really transformational, crazy, you know, stuff where they, they really are the characters. Like, you know, it, it, I think if you're talking about superhero movies and you want to talk about like a transformational, like, you know, this person, like you, you see them as the character because of how well they deliver when they're in character, would probably Robert Downey Jr. Like he probably could win an Oscar. I would argue, like the Civil War, especially, like there was an argument there. The dude was like flawless. You would have thought he literally was was at war with with Captain America in that movie. But 
that's just that's a whole rant for another time. But yeah, I mean, I, I understand the Oscars, and I'm happy to see Logan get recognized. I think that bridges the path for some more successful other superhero movies to to be recognized even more than just visual effects. Now it's for their story too, so I'm happy with that. Oh, a side thing I wanted to also mention really quickly was the cinematographer, best cinematographer. Um, the lady that's nominated is the first female to be nominated for best cinematographer. But the thing that's really fascinating to me that's like, okay, cool, she's being nominated for this, cool, it's the first lady. But what gets me excited is that she's actually the cinematographer for Black Panther. Oh. So you know that movie's going to look really great. This lady wins an Oscar for best cinematography, and she does a cinematography for, for Black Panther. So you know that movie's going to look great. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. That's great. And and shout, shout out to our, our boy Guillermo del Toro with 13 nominations, man. Shape, Shape of Water. Water. Yeah, Shape of Water doing phenomenal. And it's I think it's, it, like he said, it's probably the first monster movie that's being recognized like this. Um, you know, that in the maybe in the last what 100 years maybe because um i'm assuming that whatever whatever was done back when the universal uh movie monsters were out and uh when uh when long cheney was doing his own makeup and and coming up with this with this you know uh crazy characters that he did so i i think that this is the first time in a very very long time and i mean it's decades that that a monster movie as they as they as he calls it which i haven't watched the movie but um that that's what he calls his his movie it gets gets this, this type of recognition and i'm really happy and i know hideo kojima is really happy with his buddy <laughs> death stranding so it's looking better <laughs> yeah yeah no no he has an academy award academy award uh nominated director on his game so man this guy's bringing it and then that there's still we still have we still don't know what the female character uh who she is i mean there's still very strong rumors that's either emma stone or, or scarlett johansson so we'll see oh boy yeah, yeah. we'll see I, I both of those ladies are very talented so yeah yeah and one one thing joe real quick that i that i uh i forgot to mention when we we're talking about square enix uh juji naka the creator of sonic sonic the hedgehog um and he also programmed uh, you know he was the uh the head of t uh, sonic team up until 2006 and um he also did nights for the uh, sega saturn and um and and some of the amigo and and a lot of this cool sega games uh from back in the day um he had left sega he made his own studio called um uh, was it Pulse or uh, oh man, I forgot the name of his studio. Um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll double check it. Uh, but he left uh, the studio that he formed uh, and joined Square Enix, and he said that he's going to be developing again. Probe was the name of his uh, studio, and he said he's going to be back into development. So. He told the fans, it's like, hey, I'm going to get back into development. I'm not going to be doing this business thing that I was doing. So he's going to do a comeback. So we'll see what he, come, what he can come up with uh, over at Square Enix. I know that Square is looking at to expand uh, the reach on both consoles and now PCs. And then, of course, mobile market is really big for Square Enix. So I'm really interested to see what... Uh, uh, Nakasan's 
next project is. So I'm I'm hot for that too. Nice. Yeah. So just a, a quick tidbit of news that I I totally forgot to talk about when we're talking about screening. So I was gonna segue into it, but then the Oscars happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, and Joe, the only, the last little, be, little you know, uh, uh, last piece of news that I have is, um, I guess there's something going on on the Overwatch League regarding how players are behaving. Uh, and uh, based on what I've read, um, the league itself did not have a, a code of conduct ready. And it's still not posted, so like player behavior is being managed by team owners and not by the league. So everyone's all over the place, and then dudes are making racist jokes online. So it's up to the uh, team managers or the team owners to um, to work with that sort of situation. But uh, I guess the Overwatch League, the only only thing they told the players was don't be jerks and lay it left it at that. So I don't know, man, uh, to me, to me, that's a big flaw because in order for you to have a professional type of environment, you definitely need to have a code of conduct and you need to have a, a, a player's manual or, you know, an employee guide or, or something in that nature. Um, because these guys are not, not just on Twitch anymore. These guys are playing legit professional now. And in doing so, they need to behave as professionals. So, uh, big flaw when it comes to when it comes to that in, in, in part of the league. But uh, I've heard some of the team owners already have their kind of conduct in place, and they're and they're enforcing it. So, what do you think of all this, Joel? Uh, do you think they needed more time to come up with this, or uh, were they just being lazy and not releasing this info to the players? I definitely think it was a, a lazy a lazy effort. Um, a- you know, I think like that should have been something like before you even ha- like before you even say that we're going to even approach having these players professionally join the Overwatch League. You should have had a, a code of conduct policy fully uh, developed so that way you understand what your identity is as an esports organization. Um, these are not just gamers these are professional athletes now they're they're playing um as professional individuals representing uh the league and these owners now what's interesting is uh according to some reports they say that these guys did actually sign some type of policy or code of conduct but it has not been released yet publicly or posted publicly for us to examine so there is something that they have agreed to the belief is that maybe that was from another. Um, there's another esports um, sub league that that had a policy in place, right? That maybe it's they they kind of borrowed from there. It's it's fascinating to me because the owner also makes a statement of saying um, that you know we we don't want guys to be jerks, and we we're working on having this thing out. We just. I've, we've just I've just been busy it's just not been a lot of time that I've had to, to put this together I to me that's that's a, that's a, that's a little bit of an excuse and I'm, I'll go as far as say that but you know I think this is a learning opportunity at least the growing pains happen early 
you know, I'm not trying to come down hard on them by any means, but it is an important thing because you want that proper representation. You don't want guys making any type of derogatory, discriminatory comments about people for any reason. Um, and, and so to be taken seriously as professionals, as athletes, uh, as an organization, you've got to make a clear code of conduct that everyone is held accountable to not just you coming across as if you're cherry picking. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you said, behave, you know, this is not a childish thing. This needs to be handled very, very seriously. And, and I think, I think it will. I mean, I'm, I have the confidence that, you know, with this kind of PR coming out there that we'll hear very soon of, of this code of conduct coming in place, but it is a sad thing. Like you said, is, is it a laziness? My part, I believe it is. Yeah, and when you look at other professional sports, um, say, you know, you would look at the NFL and the NBA, uh, say, for example, they they have, they, they complement each other, right? The, uh, the league and, and, uh, and, play in the, and the ownership complement each other, where the league has its rules, code of conduct rules that the players are aware of, and the, uh, the, the team itself, coach and, and uh, you know, people in charge of the team have uh, their code of conduct as well. And they work in tandem and they complement each other. But in this case, it was, it was like some teams didn't even have a code of conduct. So when the league, they went to the league and the league didn't have one, then these guys go out unpunished. And, right. and, and when that happens, that, that's a problem. I believe that these guys are, uh, as professionals, should be held accountable for their, uh, for their behavior. And, and should be asked so, you know, punished, suspended for one game or whatever, you know, cut on in, in salary or whatever, whatever the case may be. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I don't I'm, I'm not sure what the ins and outs of, of uh, uh, Blizzard's contract with his players are. So th there has to be some sort of, you know, uh, uh, consequences for their, for the, the actions that the players may have especially when they're now getting this much exposure like before they could have been just a you know a twitch, a twitch streamer that was very good and uh was just you know doing his twitch thing but now now they get exposure now these guys are on espn and now these guys are on you know fox sports and and all over the internet so now that the guys are uh, these guys are a big deal they need to start behaving as so and uh, i'm a strong believer of uh, you know accountability. So this guy should be held accountable. And uh, and and Blizzard, this is something. I mean, coming up with with the, this sort of code of conduct is not hard, right? Um, there's uh, esports is not new. This has been going on for you know at least 10, 15 years as you know as it's been growing. Um, and, and I'm sure that they could they could have reached out to I don't know Riot and got us like, hey, what what do you guys do for your uh, for your league players? In regards to behavior, um, and you know, they they could have been they could have reached out to you know other other uh, um, esports companies out there, and and been able to got this to get this um, uh, uh, resolved. So just leaving it to the team ownership is not enough. Ownership is not enough. They they really need to come up with a solution for player behavior. Um, and now that these guys are getting exposure. Um, some of the things I, that I saw were not super egregious. Um, some some was kind of sort of offensive to each to each zone, right? I'm I'm not recently offended by by a lot of stuff, but but 
not everyone's like you, right? You have to get in, in the position of like, you, you can't be so arrogant as to think that I can get away with this because it doesn't offend me because you don't know who's getting offended by it. So uh, to the players, if you're listening, guys behave, you know, keep it, keep it civil. Don't, don't throw slurs or, or racist, racist memes out there. Just, you know, uh, take this opportunity to grow as a professional. Um, that's probably the best advice that I would, that I would give to one of these guys. So. That's a good advice, Obed. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, for my part, Joel, I really don't have anything else. Just a quick shout out. Um, not, not, not for everyone. So not safe for work and don't, don't watch this with your mom. Um, I've been, I've been checking out devil man cry baby on, on Netflix. Yeah, man, it's freaking brutal. Uh, so this is based on, on the seventies, uh, manga and, uh, anime devil man. So devil man is a, it's a kind of like a cult superhero. Um, it wasn't very popular in the West. Um, I, I knew of devil man because I love Mazinger Z and as you can see back here, this guy's, yeah, like this guy and this guy's back here. So, um, and going a guy created, uh, um, devil man. So I knew because there was a crossover between messenger C and devil man. There was a movie. So I knew about devil man. So this thing comes out on Netflix, right? It's TVMA. I heard it's like, Oh, you gotta be careful watching this thing. I was like, so I watched it. Yeah. It's very, very violent. And it has some, pretty graphic sexual stuff in there too so don't watch it with your mom i warned you but it but it but it's really good oh man <laughs> so it's 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 really good like the, like i really like where the story is going i'm i'm three episodes in um and this is some of the best written anime that i've seen and uh sort of disturbing too because it does have some disturbing stuff in it uh, so they're really pushing the, the 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 limit on what you could put on Netflix, Joe. It's it's kind of it's kind of intense. Well, I mean, uh, Netflix Netflix has had some very um, they've had they have had some mature stuff, but I mean, this is you know a different medium altogether. Uh, yeah, I I definitely definitely <laughs> not for not for someone like me with with convictions, but yeah, I mean. Uh, it's Netflix. Netflix is putting out a lot of a lot of different stuff more recently. I was gonna simply highlight it here at the end of the show uh, was that we're look we're we're now under a hundred days until Avengers: Infinity War. It's coming. I know we we took, covered a bit there with Captain Marvel and some other stuff, but a hundred days. Black Panther's right around the corner here, so soon enough I'll be out there watching that, pre-buying your tickets. In fact. It was uh, a past civil war in Marvel Comics uh, pre-buy sales, so there's a big hype around it. I mean, it comes on Black History Month, so we'll we'll continue uh, our, our conversation on that as 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 it comes out, comes near. Because I'm not watching any more uh, any trailers, TV spots. I heard there's a clip that was released online. Not watching some of the way. I, I did watch that one. <laughs> Oh, look at this. We flipped so it. I watched we, we the God of War yeah. thing, and you didn't watch the Black Panther. Wow. Yeah, um, it, it, the Black Panther stuff that I've seen is really good. So I'm really excited for it, too. You heard Forrest Whitaker's comment recently saying that, yeah, they go to space in this movie. I'm like, what? But I'll take it if, if, if it's going to be great. We'll what, see. I don't what, know. Whatever. They probably have one of the Infinity, one of the Infinity Stones in Wakanda anyway. So 
exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, that's yeah, cool. I, I don't have anything else, Joe. Um, it's uh, as always a pleasure talking to you guys. So, Joel, where can everyone find us? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode of No Low Time. Uh, we want to make sure you guys stay connected with us. So, follow us on social media at No Low Time. That's at No Low Time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, you on there, you'll see any updates, you know, on our social media in regards to when, when a new episode comes out or anything else going on with the show that may, may need to be coming out. Um, we also want you guys to please submit any feedback you might have. So shoot us an email to noloadtime at gmail.com. That's noloadtime at gmail.com. Feedback, questions, comments, whatever you want. Uh, we just love to hear from you guys. So, you know, maybe we'll even bring it up here on the shows we have done in the past. Uh, another thing I want to ask you is if you're listening to us on our podcast right now, you can go ahead and subscribe uh, via on iTunes or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, go ahead and throw us a review. That would really help us out. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. And while you're at it, like this video, drop us a comment in the comment section, and share this video with others that we'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys, and I look forward to the next episode. Yeah, thank you, guys, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of No Look Time.